Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, my name is Linnea. For those of you who don't know me, I am um, privileged and honored to be the 10 a.m. pastor here and to get to share this morning um, in today's message. So we're going to jump straight in to this message. And this is a personal one for me. And so I'm pumped to just be able to talk through it with, uh, with you all this morning. So in light of One Day Sunday, One Day Sunday is next week. And so I just wanted to spend this morning talking about invitation. And each and every one of you are sitting here because of invitation. And invitation is an action that causes and or encourages something to happen. Invitation is usually always future focused. You receive an invitation for something that's going to happen later. I got an invitation to Phoebe's wedding and then I went to Phoebe's wedding later. And invitation normally takes more than one person, more than one person. There's an initiator and there's a recipient of that invitation. And you may recall getting invited to your first birthday party. That was the best. I remember getting like goodie bags and it had all the candy, sorry, lullies in there. And it was like the best or like going to a movie with a friend for the first time, going over to dinner or you inviting one of your friends over for dinner and going on your first date. Some of you, the youth over there, first date, your school dance. But each invitation requires a decision, right? It requires a a decision that we can make that can have really, really great results, which is what we're going to focus on. We're not going to focus on the negative results that can happen on some invitations, but you can receive a best friend sometimes when you go to youth or you go to a dance with friends and you can create relationships. And some of you went on a date and then you got a spouse, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't tell the person if you're regretting that decision. But invitation, it requires a response. An RSVP. And invitations can be huge turning points in our life. I remember sitting in my apartment. I was in California. I just moved from Minnesota. And they're completely different, even though they're in the United States. And I felt like I was in a completely new country. I had just gotten back from a big weekend partying in Las Vegas with my friends. And this pattern was something that I was doing in my um, high school years and in college years. And I was just really getting, getting really fed up with it. I was tired of this exhausting life. I just was not fulfilled anymore. And I didn't have my family with me or anything around me looked familiar, just like Australia. It was brown on Christmas. There wasn't snow. Nothing in my mind made sense. So I desperately wanted to go home. I was so out of my comfort zone. My dad told me, Linnea, it's okay. Just stick it out for a year. Just give it one year. We'll split trips, we'll come and see you. I'll come once and then mom will come once so that you've got multiple visitors, like you can do this. And I just remember sitting in my apartment floor and it was dark and I remember just crying. I was on my hands and knees and I was just like, why are you doing this to me? I had a really tragic situation happen on my graduation night and I just remember like, God, help me. If you are real, tell me what's going on. And within a week or, or, or two, like not joking, I received something like this in the mail. It wasn't one day Sunday, but it said, Jesus 
is relevant. And that was the name of the church that transformed and changed my life. And it was timely for me because I was crying out to God and God invited me. He answered that cry. And that flyer had so much significance to me. It eventually led to a real transformation and salvation in Christ. And it really eventually just had me love and see the power of the local church. I remember an experience where it was just really strange and I just was like, God, I want to do this forever. Like, I just want to love your church. I want to love people. I want to serve. And it was so clear. I felt purpose for the first time in my life. And I wanted to devote my life to that. And my life before, it, it isn't what it is now. It's completely different because now my life is bigger because it's about something other than me. And I don't, and it caused me to trust in, in things that I don't always understand. And it commissions me to share the goodness of God to others. So your life and my life is now an invitation. It's an invitation because when we accept Jesus, our life becomes an invitation and God creates a story in you. He creates a story in you. When people meet you, do they see Christ? Do they see him? Do they see that there's been a clear turning point? Can they hear it in how you speak? What about, can they taste it with your kindness? Can they touch it with tangible relationship with you? Because invitation from God has a clear before and a clear after. This is who I was before, but God did this and this is who I am now. And we're not arrived yet, but we're on a journey of before and after. And there's a man in the Bible this morning we're going to talk about, and I love him to, be, to bits. I feel so connected to, to him and his name is Abraham. And Abraham God extended this amazing invite to this man, Abraham. There is a clear difference in transformation in the family and the, the place that Abraham came from to where Abraham was taken and who we know him to be now. And so I'm going to probably say like Abram and Abraham, the same person, okay? Same person, but just so you know that. And, and the Bible describes Abraham as the father of faith. He's known as the father of faith. And before Abraham was Abraham, as I mentioned, his name was Abram. And Abram came from a family of adulterers. They were worshiping a moon god, and they um, lived in the town called Ur. Where do you live? Ur. I live in Ur. That's pretty cool, actually. They lived in a town in a region called Ur. And as, as I was saying, they rejected God. And you can read about that in Joshua 20, verse 2, if you'd like. And God is first recorded speaking to Abraham in Genesis 12. And he says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, He said, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house into the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Abram was 75, 75 at the time, when he set out from Haran. Insane request at 75 years old. Insane. If God asked each and every one of us to do that at 75, Frank, would you go? Probably. 
you'd probably go. Um, But still, like insane request, insane request. And God was speaking at the start of these few verses to Abraham's present and earthly ties. Those needed to go in Abram's life. And there are there are earthly ties that God asks each and every one of us to let go of. And then he shifted Abraham into this heavenly and eternal focus. And he's like, this is what I'll do. And, and then it takes this journey of how you and I, and obviously Jesus comes into his story. God's invitation was for Abram to become a source of blessing for the rest of humanity. And it set the agenda for me and for you. And this verse focuses on how divine blessing was just going to be mediated through the entirety of his life to all of the families of the earth, which is insane. And it marks a turning point in the book of Genesis. And the repetition of the verb bless, it highlights the hope that through Abram, people everywhere are going to experience God's favor. And so the first point I want to make to you all this morning is that invitation requires faith. It requires faith, both accepting an invitation, but also offering invitation. It can be a bit scary sometimes. It requires faith. And God's invitation to Abraham required so much faith. He's saying, Leave everything that makes you feel like you. Leave people that love you. Every part of routine, every financial resource that your parents probably provided. I mean, he lived with his parents at 75. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? So it's just leaving everything he knew at 75 for the first time would have been extremely uncomfortable. And we don't even know of the history of his relationship with God before that. He grew up like we knew in a community of people that idolized another God. So just think someone out of nowhere says, hey, go and do this, like knowing sort of maybe of God, but we don't really have tangible knowledge of that. And he just obeys. And he just like, I know this is God. And that's the Holy Spirit. He just knew that it was God. And He needed to let go of all of these things. He denied himself and he displayed, God, you are first. You are first in my life before all of these other things. And and God chose that in his heart for a reason. God wanted what was best for Abram. And sometimes what's best for us is hard things. It's uncomfortability. It's things that we don't really want to do all the time. It's people that we love, people that are in our world that are stopping us to go and do what God has told us to do. And so I can say that each and every one of you are not here by accident. There is a purpose in the proximity of where you work. There's a purpose in the proximity of where you live and the neighborhood that you're in and the daily activities where you take your kids to all these things that you have going on and you come to church. Like it's not proximity. I'm not to make it like a religious thing where we need to be afraid of where we're going all the time, but God cares about it and he uses it in your life. And proximity is always others focused. And we're going to talk a bit more about that. But it helped Abraham take his eyes off of his own comfort, off of his worldly, worldly comforts and onto eternal promise. And when God asks, asks us to do something, it's usually others focused. 
It's others focused. And so Romans 4.16 says this, therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring. That's you and that's me. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. And so the important thing to to point out here is that it says the promise comes by faith. It's not works, it's by faith. And so the the next point that I want to make is that invitation, it comes with blessing. So yes, it's others focused, but Abraham was also receiving something from God in return. He didn't just ask him to do something and then not show him his his heart for Abraham. And the fact that Abraham, he he and his wife were barren. So they were told, well, they weren't able to have kids. And then God did something really personal, and it just shows this personal part of who God was, and an understanding that we need vision, like we need focus. We need to be able to point to something else in order to help us live, because scripture says that we actually have eternity written. Man has eternity written on our hearts, and so for us to have this eternal focus, And for other people who don't even know who he is, have that also written on their hearts. And so, like I was saying about his his barrenness, this just shows that he was going to, he said that he's going to become a great nation. His name would be a blessing. And so this wasn't to make up, this was, this was not only to make up for the loss that he'd probably experienced with his own family and leaving his comforts but also to see how personal God was to give him a son one day. He was going to give him a son. And his story was then going to have a testimony of how God was going to remove barrenness from him and bring new life through his son, Isaac. So when you move somewhere, sadly, you can be forgotten. You can, out of sight, out of mind. People just forget you. They move on. Family photos, you're not in them anymore. You're just not a part of something. And so when God said that he was going to make his name great. It meant that he was never going to be forgotten for what he did and he would be remembered. And that's when God changed his name. He changed his name to Abraham, signifying this new identity. He had a new identity. And the Bible says that me and you, when we accept Christ, he gives us a new name. So you have a new name. And so are you walking in that new identity Do you need to let go of that name that you think that you have, like Candy talked about, which was great, just about shame or or things you need to let go of? Because we need to take hold of that new name, which Abraham did and kept going. He's personal. God is others focused. When you invite people, God can do insane things through you. You're meant to change the world in the world that you're in. It's not just for Abraham. We look at these people in the Bible, but these are everyday people like me and like you. And the Bible says that greater works we will do than Jesus ever did. And so we should cling to that. Taking what's barren in your life and in your friend's life and in your family's life, and God will do new things. Your belief is a blessing. Your belief is a blessing. So when I was in California, I began working for a company that's well-known here, but super popular in the States called Target. And Target is like the bomb dizzle. Like, it is the best. Like, every mom, everybody loves Target. All the memes are about Target. If you need to go to Target here, it is not the same. Target's like Kmart. 
here. It's just super cool and awesome. I loved working there. It was like the best. And this girl that I was working with, her name was AJ. And AJ was training me to take her job because AJ just got promoted. And I, AJ knew I was a Christian. I talked about church and I led a women's Bible study at the time. And I have no idea if I invited AJ or she just heard me talking about it with her. And I remember this phone call. I remember I was driving legally on the phone. Thank you. And we talked, she talked, she said, can I come to the Bible study or something? Or like, hey, you should come one of the two. I was like, yes, come, come to my apartment, blah, blah, blah. So AJ shows up to my connect group. AJ starts coming to church. AJ gets baptized. AJ invites her kids. AJ starts serving in kids ministry. AJ's grandma starts coming. AJ's mom starts coming. All of this stuff happened with AJ. But when I worked at Target, there'd have been like 50 or 75 or so people there depending on like if we had unloading a truck or if it was Christmas time. And I was very open about my faith, Um, not in a weird way, but I just was because that was who I am. And, and so people would have heard, but, but they didn't have the same response as AJ, but it never took away from what God did in AJ in my life. And so I think of my time in California and at Target, if it was just for AJ, it would be worth it. And AJ is one of my best friends to this day. She cheers me on in everything that I do. It's like the best. I've seen her life changed dramatically because of, because of that invitation, the invitation that God did for me. And then I passed it on to AJ. My belief was a blessing for her. And then AJ became a blessing for like seven other people. And it just kept tagging on and on and on. It's this chain reaction And I thank God for Abraham because I'm here with you. (laughs) I never would have guessed I'd be here with you in this place at this time at 1049 a.m. on this date. Insane to me, insane. It's an insane blessing what our belief can do, what your invite can do. Genesis 15, six says that Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. When Abram put his trust in God and specifically in his promise, God credited this belief to Abraham's account as righteousness. So what the heck does that mean? There are two types of righteousness. There is a righteousness that we accomplish by our own efforts. And I am good at that. I am good at striving, of trying to be perfect at everything. But unfortunately, I'm not perfect. Sorry, guys. Surprise. You can ask my husband about it. But then there's another one. And this is a righteousness that's accounted to us by the work of God when we, when we believe. And so since none of us can be good enough to accomplish perfect righteousness, we must have God's righteousness accounted to us by doing just what Abraham did. And what did he do? He believed. He simply believed. So what did he believe? He just, he believed not just that God, like I believe that God exists. He believed what God said. He believed who God is. Like it sounds like that's it? Yes. It's one of the clearest expressions in the Bible of truth, of salvation by grace. 
which is astounding because this is the first time in the Bible that blessing is actually recorded. It's the first time in the Bible that righteousness is recorded as well. And this is the Old Testament, guys. So this was the New Testament gospel written all the way back in Genesis about Jesus, about Jesus, and later quoted four times. And so Romans 4, 1 through 3 says this, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4, 9 through 10, which I don't have, but makes much of the fact that this righteousness was accounted to Abram before he was circumcised. Okay, so we won't get into that, guys. But God was like, you need to do this in Genesis chapter 17. But he counted it to him in Genesis 15, 6. He said, you are righteous. So before Abraham did anything, he said, this is who you are. And just like he did with Jesus, he said, this is my son who I am well pleased. So before Abraham did anything, God believed in him. God believed in him. It's so powerful. No one, no one, no one, no one can say that Abram was made righteous because of his obedience or fulfillment of ritual, religious law or ritual. It was by faith and faith alone that caused God to account Abram as righteousness. Which sounds like, okay, I don't always believe God. I don't always believe God. Like true confessions 101 here. It's not a show. I just made it up right now. I don't always believe God for the things that he tells me. I wish I did. But the third point that I want to make is like BYO doubts. Bring your own doubts. God can handle them. God can handle them. Our invitation and your invitation with your friends, it can include their doubts. There's room. Because the second, the, the next verse after God called him and credited to him righteousness, this is what happens. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit, inherit it? So God is saying, I am the Lord who brought you out of this. So this was not the first time that this promise was given. So again, at the start, we read about it in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Then again in 12, 7. Then thir- chapter 13, 15 to 17. And yet this was a dramatic, clear restatement of God's promise that he was going to give the land to Abram and his descendants. But then he just says, Lord, how am I going to know that I'm going to inherit it? And so the clarity of the promise that God gave him is somewhat surprising that Abraham would question, like, can you give me a sign quickly? He asked God for proof. And so Abraham can still have some degree of doubt and just say, how am I going to know? And some of you and some of me who are here and we're righteous before God and God has accounted us righteous. We're like, I believe you when I hear you say it. But like five minutes later, we're just like, I'm not sure. Can you please prove it again? Can you do it a second time? And so when Abram has his doubts, I don't want to go into it for the sake of time. God said, I'm going to actually make covenant 
with you. And so covenant in the Old Testament was like slaughtering a bunch of animals, which the vegans would love. We don't have to do that, thank God. And he said, let's sign a contract. Let's actually sign a contract and settle it. So God is a contract. After I was writing this, I was, I was running and I was just like, God, I want to sign a, can you sign a contract with me about this thing in my life? I just keep struggling with, I just want to get over it. Can you just help me just settle my doubts? Let's sign it. And so God actually put Abraham to sleep so that God could sign it for Abraham and he would sign it for him, which meant that Abraham had nothing to do with that promise. And so just as the same as your story, your covenant won't fail because God never fails. And God um, outworks your invitation by how we share with your family and your friends. God changes the world through you, like I said, and like he did with Abraham. And when it came to my invite, God was already working in me. And when it came to me inviting AJ, like God would have already been working in her life. I was able to just extend the offer where God already had been doing his work. And that's the same with your friends. If people are like, not, not for me, cool. God's just not working there yet. But I remember being invited to camps. I remember going to this. And sometimes I was like, I don't wanna do it, but it still did something in me. And it took me time. And so there's still work that God does when we just offer the invite and we extend ourselves for other people. Your invitation, your life is an invitation and it requires faith. It comes with blessing and it can handle all doubts, all doubts that they have, all doubts that you have. Jesus just does the work. He just does. So when we invite people to church, again, it's not about this building at all. It's about relationship with people like you. It's about God just being able to intervene and for him to start the work in people and for us to create an environment for that. And then what we wanna do is teach people that Jesus wants to give them a life of rest. How many of you need a life of rest? I do. How many of us need a life of discipleship? That's what we wanna show people how to do. What about a life with God? What does that even look like? Hey, let's do that in the real world in 2022. It's not just in 2000 years ago with Jesus. Like we can still do that today. Jesus is the restoration that you need and that I need and that this world needs. And that's what this is about. That's what you are about. So you going about your day to day, awesome. But just be a bit more mindful. Where's the eternal perspective? How many of these can you put in the mail? Who knows? How many of these can you put at the coffee shop? Who knows? What event are you going to? You don't have to say anything. You can just offer it. Again, it worked for me. God was moving. Nobody knew that I cried out <laughs> except God. And he heard me and he answered. And we can invite our friends and that's awesome too. But I just want us to not be afraid of this stuff. We can have confidence that God will move and there's people in your life that need Jesus. And I know I need more of him every day, even though I know he's told me I have everything I need, which is a whole other sermon for another time. But why don't you just join me and we're just gonna pray really quick. 
and then Mikey, I think, is coming, or I think we're singing. Yeah. So let me just pray for you all. God, thank you that our life is an invitation, and it invites people to know more about you and your goodness. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would put your hand on these invites that we have, God, and that you would just literally touch them, and they would reach people, and that it would bring them to whether it's coming here or to meet a Christian or to have a conversation or just to think, wow, God, maybe you might be hearing my prayer or this cry that I have that I tell nobody about while I'm sleeping or trying to sleep. And I pray that you would just have people know you, God, that they would be able to do life with other Christians. God, that there's another AJ for me out there. There's another person in these people's seats that are empty that need to be filled. And so God, we just pray that you'd help our hearts to let go of our worldly comforts that we're so afraid to, and that you'd help us to see the eternal promise and perspective and give us vision for others and for other people and for your work and for heaven and help us, God, to just know that you meet us where where we are, that you do the work, God, that we just have to believe you. And so I just pray for people right now, God, that need a fresh anointing and touch of belief today, God, that you would just hover them, that your Holy Spirit would just cover them as they drive, as they go about their week, God, that they would just believe you, that words that you've given them, God, that they would believe and trust that they were you, that you'd confirm them. I pray for anybody that wants a new contract with you, God, that needs a refreshing Lord, that's just like, are you sure you said it? Are you sure that you're gonna do what you just said that you're gonna do? God, that you're not like, I'm so frustrated. How many times, Linnea? How many times, Stephanie? How many times, Lydia? And God, that you would just say, Let's just sign a contract together and let's set, let's settle this, okay? So I just pray that you'd give people new settlements in these un, places of lack of peace in their life, God. And I just pray for people, God, that, that are in our life, God, that we would just be a blessing, God. Help us to just be a blessing wherever we go and help us to love others. Give us rest in our hearts, God. We love you. We need you. We acknowledge um, your goodness today. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for what you spoke through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.